today's sermon from our weekly worship at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income, but the tax collector standing far off would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we have a parable from Jesus who is telling a story about some, or he's talking to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. So Jesus' audience was people who think they are 100% right and aggressively argued and fought with and frowned upon anyone who they disagreed with. I'm glad we don't have to deal with that kind of thing today anymore, right? Yeah, well, the story goes that there are two people in the temple praying. One was a self-righteous religious leader, and the other was a loathsome tax collector who was known as a tax collector as being one who not only financially gained from the Roman oppression, but was also a sellout to his own people. That was the reputation of tax collectors. So a tax collector is not supposed to be the hero of our story, but Jesus, we know, likes to turn our expectations upside down. So, in this story of these two people, we have the self-righteous leader who then prays, thank you, God, that I'm not terrible like these other people. You know, those thieves, the greedy, the promiscuous, the Democrats, the Republicans, whatever is opposite to your belief. The tax collector over there, I'm glad I'm not like them. I happen to be righteous. I go to church every Sunday and I give money to the church as well. And then we have the one that is the surprising hero. The other man this guy is talking about is off in the corner, visibly upset, and he simply said, God, I am not worthy. Show me mercy. And who does Jesus go on then to lift up as the hero of the story? Well, it's not that religious leader. It's the tax collector that received forgiveness because, as Jesus says, all who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted. So, that's our parable for today. I'm so glad that I can clearly see that I am the tax collector in this story because I am just so darn good at being the best, most humblest person you could imagine, right? I mean, I would like to think that that's me. And I would guess that most of us want to think of ourselves as the hero of the story. We're the tax collector in this parable, 
I mean, obviously, we're the honest and the repentant person asking God for forgiveness. We don't like to think of ourselves as self-righteous. We just know that we happen to be right and that everyone who disagrees with us is either a woke snowflake or a fascist dictator bigot, right? I mean, clearly, right? Isn't that how it is? We hurl lots of other colorful and insulting adjectives at each other constantly as well. Let me grab something. Don't go anywhere. I'm not leaving, I promise. There. For those on the radio, I just brought out a really, really ridiculously big mirror. Let's be honest for a moment. If we look in the mirror, I mean truly look in that mirror, and we are honest, and we're truthful, and we're sincere, we know, at least I will speak for myself, I know that I am far more likely to act like the self-righteous religious person. That's just who I seem to be drawn to act like so easily. It's kind of like it's human nature to make ourselves the righteous ones. It gives us a sense of moral superiority, and then that superiority gives us open license and permission to insult, belittle, or do even worse to those that we deem unholy or unworthy or less than. When we think of ourselves as clearly the morally upright and righteous one, we almost feel obligated to shun and cast out and belittle those that we disagree with. And if you think I'm talking about your liberal or conservative views, yes, both of those are true. I'm talking to all of us here. The self-righteous language coming from all sides is so overwhelming, and many Christians are just as guilty of doing this today as they have been throughout our 2,000-year existence. The church itself must honestly look in this mirror as well, because the church does not have a clean or innocent history, from supporting slavery and racial segregation to excluding women from voting and even serving as clergy, along with ostracizing the LGBTQIA plus community, using the doctrine of discovery as a theological means to, for colonizers to just take over people's lands and steal from indigenous people all over the world. In all of these cases, and so much more, the church, we as the church, have been the self-righteous religious leader reminding God how holy we are and how less than anyone who disagrees with us is. Now, is that to say that the church has done no good? Of course not. Part of looking in the mirror is honestly looking at the mirror and reflecting upon what we see. The same is true with everything from our own country's history to our own family history. Being honest about the good and the bad. We celebrate the positive work that we have done and we repent from the harm, all while acknowledging that there's a lot of gray area in between as well. We also recognize that our perspectives and our experiences are not the case for everyone. The impacts have varied for different people 
depending upon our skin color or gender or language or culture or other religion or sexuality and so much more. We all have had different experiences, not just with the church, but with historical events as well. And looking in the mirror should be done in that same honest way, both for institutions, groups of people, but also in our own lives as well. And the whole time we do that honest reflection, we must guard against that siren call of proclaiming ourselves the pure and the righteous ones. As that arrogant religious leader in the parable illustrates, it is so much easier to point that finger, to name call, to blame the others, whoever that is, for whatever we feel is wrong, rather than honestly looking in the mirror to see our own shortcomings and our own participation in systems and ways that cause harm to others. So let me clarify what I'm trying to say for just a moment. I believe Jesus is calling on everyone, everyone who follows him to guard against the arrogant, self-righteous views that are so easy for us, like this religious person in the parable and is calling us to repent, to take an honest look in the mirror at our lives, at, by extension, the church's life, and to then humble ourselves. This does not superficially mean just simply saying, well, we're sinners, but have you seen how bad those people are? That's not the honest reflection. I mean sincerely, honestly, looking at what we say and what we listen to and what we consume and who we uncompromisingly support, who we don't listen to, who we, or how we live our lives, and above all, where we place our trust, honestly looking at our lives. Now, I'm not saying that we cannot speak up for our values or for our convictions or even have our opinions. Of course we can do that, but not all ideas and opinions are created equal. Some truly are more in line with the way of Jesus Christ than others. But if, if at any point our words begin to sound more like the self-righteous religious leader in this parable who is seeking power and superiority over others, Rather than having our words sound humble and being on the side of the oppressed and the ostracized and the cast out, well, then we need to take a look in the mirror at our beliefs and our words, our lives, and where it is that we place our trust. Because when we do this, I mean, when we really, truly do this, when we look in the mirror at ourselves as a church and as individuals, when we are honest and we repent and we live genuinely and sincerely, we then begin to discover the abundant life that Christ's, Christ talks about. This life of freedom, of being set free. Because the truth will set us free. Being honest will set us free. So when we take Jesus' call to live humbly and we seriously look in that mirror we realize that faith is trusting in the steadfast love and faithfulness of God. We don't trust in the person staring back at us in that mirror. Like the religious leader from the parable, we don't trust in ourselves 
as he did. But th rather, through faith, we trust the God who gives us forgiveness, shows us mercy, and gives us freedom through Christ. So let me close with the famous quote that goes something like this. I know two things for sure. One, there is a God. Two, I am not it. May we live like that today and always. May we look in the mirror honestly and reflect on what we see. May we repent where we need to, give thanks to God where we need to, and may we follow Jesus always, remembering that we are not God and that we are definitely, definitely not God. Thanks be to God. Amen.